You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's usually him, uh, but not today. Today, we're going to have a crossover episode with John Neighbors from Locked On Razorbacks. John, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. So pumped to see Alabama beat Arkansas by about four touchdowns. So, yeah, it's going great, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, not to sound insensitive, but you should kind of be used to it. Uh, <laughs> True. That's a good point. I mean it very with all with a lot of love. Um, I will say this though, and this is where I really want to get started here. And I mean this with the deepest of sincerity at the beginning of the year, I do this podcast. I do another sports program, uh, here locally in Alabama. And I said, there is no way Arkansas is going to win a football game. I, I, I laughed. I mean, just belly laughed at the fact that y'all hand that y'all hired Sam Pittman now, uh, you know, nine games later or whatever it is, I love the dude. I'm going to tell you, I love him. I love him. I love him. I am thankful he's in this conference. I think the SEC is special because of colorful characters. Now, uh, Ed Orgeron was was a favorite of mine for a while. I think he will not be with us much longer. That's a podcast for another day. <laughs> but um, I love having characters like that in this conference. I didn't know who Sam Pittman was. I called him Sam Hunt, uh, Sam the Bam Cunningham, everything. And next thing I know, he's got Arkansas fighting and scrapping every single game. And and I seriously mean this. I don't know that I wouldn't vote him for coach of the year. It's funny you say that because most people felt that same way when he was hired. And I'll be honest, you know, I, I try to put or look at the positive things when it comes to, you know, how coaches get hired at Arkansas you know I was like all right we'll always give coaches a chance I mean we gave Chad Morris a chance and good grief look how that went I mean it was bad but it was like with Sam Pittman though and again I've said this many times so people may get tired of hearing me but say it but like two weeks before he was hired at Arkansas I actually tweeted out that I would like to see Arkansas hire him and the only reason is is because it's like I've never ran into anybody players coaches former players former coaches anybody that does not like Sam Pittman and it's not in liking him just as because he's a good guy. They like him because of just how incredible he is at coaching, developing relationships with players, being a guy that's very easy to work with. Like all the th- makings for somebody that could be really good at pretty much any coaching level. He's just everyone loves the guy. I mean, everyone respects the guy. And so when they hired him, I kind of felt like, all right, I like the out of the box hire, but let's see what his staff looks like. Then he hires a really great staff. He gets Barry Odom from, as being his defense coordinator. He gets Ken Bryles, kind of the young and up-and-coming guy from, uh, I think it was at Florida State at the time. But he put all those pieces together. And we saw that, and that we've seen this year, that this team has really bought into what he's doing and has gotten tougher, has gotten better, has well-coached, even though the talent level and the depth's not there. You can just see the makings of, man, this is this is something that may really work as long as he can continue to hire great coaches says and continue to recruit you know it was something that really shocked people just to see how great he's doing in year one I mean Arkansas had I believe a 21 game winning or losing streak in the SEC had back-to-back years of 0 and 8 in the SEC 
And in his first season, he's already won just, he's won three games, which, get this, is the combined number of SEC wins Arkansas had over the past four seasons. Like, it's just unbelievable. So, he is, uh, he, everyone's high on him right now. Obviously, the past two games have been pretty disappointing because Razorback fans felt like they should have beaten LSU in Missouri. Uh, but, hey, that's the way it goes with COVID. But everyone's really excited about Sam Pittman. And uh, even though it's they're not there yet, you know, they're not to that Bama level yet, but they like what the direction the program's going. And, again, it is so hard. Uh, people don't understand that it's hard to be a Bama fan right now without sounding arrogant. I mean, that's just the way it is. And we already started off pretty damn arrogant. And, and then you give us reason to be arrogant. It, it sort of, it's, it's a problem, but um, the one thing I'm going to tell you, I'll admit this on the, on uh, locked on Bama, locked on Razorbacks, uh, locked on Utah jazz, whatever. When Saban leaves, we're going to be in for a little bit of a dose of reality. Um, So, but I, I will say this. You said you were not where Saban is. I don't think that should be anybody's goal. Saban is the anomaly. Yeah. He's, the, he's the outlier forever. Um, but I do think Arkansas can be uh, much more competitive than they have been, there's no doubt. Because, um, I mean, it's sort of they were starting at the bottom. You know this as well as anybody. Um, and I think that's one reason Sam Pittman's able to build it up a little bit is he came in at a time – when I think Arkansas fans were like, okay, we're at the bottom. Let's, let's just do whatever the hell we got to do. Uh, the, the problem sometimes when you're falling down the hill, you don't want to admit you're falling down the hill. And I think Arkansas finally hit the bottom and now they're on their way back up. And I, I for one, and am happy to see them uh, get back into a, a competitive stance because, you know, it's again, Arkansas being in this conference makes it much more colorful. It's, it's a cool story. The SEC has cool stories just about everywhere we haven't figured out what missouri's is yet um <laughs> but uh most everybody's got a cool story and uh arkansas's got one and and i want to see him more competitive now going back to this particular game um what are we going to see at quarterback from you guys yeah that's the kind of the big question right now sam Pittman actually meets with the media today here in just a couple of hours but uh we're going to find out more about how if uh it's going to be felipe franks which has been the starter all season long and has been really good or is it going to be the backup KJ Jefferson, which is a retro freshman? But he looked really good against Missouri. I mean, he got off to a slow start, but looked really good. Uh, my guess would be Franks is going to start. Uh, you know, he had some injury last uh, last week, but he's still dressed. He still traveled, so it wasn't like it was like a game time decision when they decided to keep him out. So obviously, he was healthy enough to at least go through practices and go through the warm-ups and all that stuff, and it was a wait and see. So I'm thinking that he'll be healthy enough, and plus it's senior night, which you know he's a senior, and I think that that'll be something that means a lot to him is to start in kind of his final game and uh, in college, or at least potentially, we don't know what the bowl situation is going to look like, but uh, potentially his last game in college and being in Fayetteville. So I think Felipe Franks is going to be the guy, which has been really the best quarterback Arkansas could have ever asked for oh, yeah. this season. I, I know that... You know, he's not going to be an all SEC player as far as when it comes down to the voting and all that. But if you, I can't think of anybody that could be better suited for what Arkansas needed this year than Felipe Franks. Because without him, you would have had to start KJ Jefferson, which I love KJ Jefferson. I love his upside, but he's a redshirt freshman. And, you know, he's got a lot to learn. And Arkansas needed somebody who actually had success in this conference and won games and went on the road and, and knows how competitive it is. And Felipe Franks knows that is about as good as anybody. And so, him coming to Arkansas, I think, was the best thing for him because I think it, it really 
helped his mentality and kind of to have a fresh start and really show out this final season. And I think it helped Arkansas because without having a senior leader who can kind of guide you through the hardships and guide you through those uh, times and to get the ball into the hands of Arkansas skill guys, which they have a really good amount of skill guys. I mean, he's been awesome. So I expect him to start again. I don't know if it's going to make a difference in the game itself, but uh, I think that it'll be a nice, hopefully will be a nice send off for him and all the work he's put in here in Fayetteville. If you really want to give him a nice send off, one thing you could do is get him a nice crisp, cold Coors Light. They're absolutely delicious. Go to www.coorslight.com. If you want to check out uh, anything about their history, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I've been to the brewery right there in Golden, Colorado. It was an absolute blast, a lot of fun, and free samples at the end, which uh, made things even more glorious. Coors Light is the beer made to chill. And during this go, go, go time of 2020 and in the era of a pandemic, everybody needs to chill out. I mean, we all just need to take a little break. Coors Light is the beer to do that with. The Silver Bullet, pretty sure it keeps werewolves away. Go to Coors Light or go to your local Piggly Wiggly. Y'all have Piggly Wigglies there in Arkansas? Unfortunately not. Oh, man. Wish we did. <laughs> go to Piggly Wiggly then. Go to Circle K. Go to Shell. Go to Winn-Dixie. All those places, they sell Coors Light because they know people are going to buy them. You should too. Coors Light, celebrate responsibly. All right, John. Uh, you know, you talked about uh, Arkansas skill guys there for a second. I do want you to talk about some of the skill guys they have on this current team and and who Alabama should focus on to stop. But how about broader picture? You know, I'm thinking about uh, guys. Arkansas is not known as a recruiting hotbed. I mean, you know this. It's not uh, a state that just cranks out five-star talent. Um, but they have had the Darren McFadden's, which they used to get. Whenever Arkansas did have a dude, like uh, I think Peyton Hillis was from Arkansas too, wasn't he? Right. And so, yep. he, you know, he goes there. Darren McFadden goes there. But you've noticed over the last few years, if Arkansas has a guy, they seem to leave the state. I mean, K.J. Hill comes to mind. Um, the uh, Lee Zimba comes to mind, you know, those kind of cats, y'all need to keep them home. Do you think Sam Pittman's going to do a good job of that? Oh yeah, I, I think so. Because it, that's one thing that when Hunter Yurchek, the athletic director for Arkansas hired him, like it, it's kind of cliche to sound. And I know that a lot of coaches say this, but like, it's no doubt like Sam Pittman loves Arkansas, everything about Arkansas. This is the job he's always wanted. He He's going to retire after this is his final job. Like this is it. And so, I think the whole buying into really what Arkansas is and stands for, I think resonates with kids in the state. And also he's going to have that passion that he brings and saying, Hey, what's better than you staying in state and representing your home state. And he's really going to sell that point. So I think that there's not going to be uh, any issue with uh, keeping those kids in state. Now, are all of them going to stay? Probably not. But the, the days of losing out on some of those, just marquee like Michael Dyer was a guy that went mm. from, from Arkansas and went to Auburn had success uh you know and there was a guy I, I don't know if you uh watch much Oklahoma football but Trey Norwood who was a fantastic cornerback oh, yeah. for him he's from Arkansas and Brett Bielma when he was here didn't even recruit him you know it was just like stuff like that where I don't think that's going to happen anymore because he is all about Arkansas and selling the dream of Razorbacks and being that best program so and then you mentioned the recruiting stuff. You know, we've, we, un, everyone in Arkansas knows this is not a hotbed. Like, this is not where you can just build a fence around the state. And if you do that, you'll have championships. It's just a matter of like the ones that do come out, the ones yeah. that are the Darren McFadden's, the Peyton Hillis's, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, the guys like Ryan Mallett, even though I know he went to Texarkana on the Texas side, but he grew up in Arkansas. Like, 
those big time caliber players got to keep them in state. So it's just a matter of making sure that you actually get the ones that are that level. And then you just add the pieces in, go to Texas, Louisiana, uh, going to Oklahoma. A lot of great players have come from there, you know, just kind of go to your surrounding States and try to build it that way. And that, cause that's the only way you can succeed. Arkansas's best teams that they've had in their history, uh, whether it was under Petrino or Houston nut or whoever has always had a ton of in-state kids, but those in-state kids have been extremely talented. So it's just a matter of timing and, and building around them and making sure that uh, you keep them home. Cause if you can't keep the kids in Arkansas home, you're not going to be successful. All right, so who is on the team this year that you say, okay, Alabama's sort of got to watch out for this dude? Oh, it's Traylon Burks. Uh, I mean, the wide receiver there. I, I have, I've watched Rageback football my entire life, and we know that uh, wide receivers, you know, there's sometimes with the game and how it's changed with football and all that, it's hard to, like, pinpoint, okay, well, who's the best receiver? Depends on who's throwing the ball, all that stuff. Traylon Burks is the best wide receiver I've ever seen in Arkansas history. Now, personally, I'm not as old as some of the old hats maybe, but – that dude is everything. He, he's about six foot four, six foot five. He has literally eleven inch hands. He has to wear five XL. He has to wear five XL gloves. Like it's insane. Good God, he, yeah. It, he's he's got the hands like that are crazy. He's got speed. He's got athleticism. He's the best wide receiver I've ever seen at Arkansas. And so the thing is, is like opponents know that. Like Missouri knew that last week. They knew that. Hey, Traylon Burks, this dude's really good. You're gonna have to watch out for him. And it didn't matter because against Missouri, he had over 200 yards receiving on 10 catches. Like they knew he's the only go-to guy and they still let him do what he did. So that's going to be the key for Alabama. If they can just take him out of the game, Arkansas's offense is going to struggle. Like uh, Rakeem Boyd opted out. So you got Traylon Smith, who's the little scat back, who's back there. He's pretty good, but he can't do it all himself. And uh, there's a couple of other wide receivers. Michael Woods is pretty good. And, and all that, but if, if you stop Traylon Burks, you stop Arkansas's offense, plain and simple. Okay, you can tar and feather one of these three guys. Is it <laughs> Brett Bielema? Is it Brett Bielema, Chad Morris, or uh, Bobby Petrino? Oh, Chad Morris, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, like not even that's that's not even a question, man. Like Chad Moore, like, and I thought honestly, if you asked me, it's what's crazy. If you asked me three years ago, I would have said Brett Bielema hands down because yeah. I thought it was like, man, it can't get any worse than this dude. And then Chad Moore said, hold my beer. I'm coming in. Like he, not only that, but here's the thing. It's not only that he sucked. It's not only that he lost. Like this dude gets fired. Doesn't even put out a message on social media. Doesn't say thanking the fans. Doesn't say, I'm, you know, I hate that it didn't work out. Like nothing. He just bounced out. His family never even moved to Fayetteville. Like, yeah, like he, he never moved his family to Fayetteville. And so everyone was just like, what is this dude's deal? Like, it just, it was a disaster from the get-go. It was never going to work out. And fun fact about Chad Morris, when he gets hired, he walks into the locker room and or in the meeting room or whatever to meet all the players. And he gives this speech and all that, and all, and all is well and good. And I actually talked to former players that said this. He said, but after that, he basically told all the players there, listen, I'm just trying to get, I'm getting rid of y'all. Like, I'm just waiting until my guys come in. And when my guys come in, that's when we're going to, he's like, well, you know, we'll find a spot for you, but you know, we're waiting until my guys come in. Like he just got off on the wrong foot terribly. So it was a disaster just waiting to happen. So yeah, Chad Morris all day, twice on Tuesday, like, and all Razorback fans would agree with me that dude who he almost torpedoed the entire program. 
Oh my gosh. I, I, I love how passionate you got about that. Cause you know, of course we had these kind of coaches come in threes, Bama had Dubos and Price and uh, Franchoni slash Shula, if you want to call That's it. Right, yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've sort of done that too. We know, we know that game. Um, that is a wild story about him. So I guess that leads to my other question. Uh, which game pisses you off more? And you may not be old enough to remember, uh, I think it was, was it 98 Tennessee? Oh, I remember that game. No, it was, uh, and then, or the Auburn game this year. For the revenge. As far as, far as, ang- as far as pissing me off, I think uh, the game this year pissed me off. Like the game in 98 just like devastated me. Like I was just like, I was 10 years old. And I know that was like, uh, you know, you're still a kid. And I cried like a baby. Like I was so <laughs> devastated. So it was like, that one was just sad. Like the Auburn game this year just made me infuriated because I'm like, the Arkansas had, they, you know, you know this, they don't come by SEC wins or hadn't in a long time. And it was Auburn and Malzahn and, and Chad Morris. Like it was everything. Oh, you just wanted to beat them so bad. And that, that just blatant call was just, it was just, it was infuriating because it was basically like, like everyone knew it was the wrong call. But it still didn't matter. You still lost the game. So it's just, I don't know. I, that one pissed me off more than anything because there was zero excuse for it. Like, what's the point of a replay if you're not going to get it right? Like, I never understood that. I, hey, look, man, don't get me started. I'm for taking replay out of the game. And everybody goes, oh, that's crazy. The important thing is to get the call right. That's bullshit. And <laughs> I say that on my Locked On podcast. Feel free to beep it. Um, but uh, that's BS because uh, they don't change you know, people hold all the time. Mm-hmm. There's Pat's interference. That, and and here's my other take on it. It it kills the flow of the game. Kills yeah. it. And I don't understand if a quarterback can throw an interception, if a running back can fumble, if a lineman can miss a block, if a safety can blow a coverage, why can't a ref make a uh, screw up every now and again? And the other thing is everybody says, well, don't call it and let it play out. And But see here, then if it's ambiguous – the, the other team gains the advantage. You know, somebody gains the advantage with a replay regardless. And finally, my take on it is when we have replay, we have so many angles now, we don't even know what the hell we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Just go with your gut, baby, and let's get this game over in two and a half hours like we're supposed to do. So anyway, um, let me tell everybody about Built Go. Built Go is where you need to Built Go uh, because you want to check them out and get their little internet getting some samples. John, I know you've probably gotten some samples um, and they are absolutely delicious. Uh, They come in three flavors. I like that mint chocolate one the best. I have them all the time before I go work out. Uh, You can put them in a briefcase. You can put them in, in, you know, put them in your purse, put them in your pocket, put them in your, your man satchel, whatever you want and take it with you before that big presentation or before, you know, take it before that first big date, man. She'll think you're full of energy. That's great. Or he'll think you're full of energy, whatever you're into built. Go doesn't care. They don't discriminate. Go to builtgo.com. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off that order. And it won't be the last time you order. Trust me on that builtgo.com. All right. So let's, why don't we flip the script here for a second? Anything you want to ask me about Bama? Yeah, actually, because, uh, I, I mean, Bama's awesome, and they've been just tearing up everybody. So I guess the ultimate question is, is like, if if Arkansas <laughs> was actually going to pull off the unthinkable and win this game, what what do they need to do? Like, what's the weakness? Is there is there a weakness? Like, is there something that can be exploited that if Arkansas does this perfectly, 
then they'll have a chance against Bama? It's a great question, and I would have said if Jalen Waddle were still on this team, I would say there is no weakness. Um, Jalen Waddle, I thought, was the best player in the country. Now, oddly, I think Devontae Smith's the best player in the country. I'm a homer, but I also have eyes, and I feel like uh, Devontae Smith is doing things that – I mean, he set the career record for touchdowns in the SEC and blown it out of the water. So I guess the first thing would be triple cover him. But the problem with that is, I've, I mean, I've seen great defensive backs get on him, Stingley for one, and he has toasted Stingley two years in a row. Stingley's incredible, and he has absolutely toasted him. Devontae Smith came to Tuscaloosa with the purpose of being the best wide receiver in Alabama history. I think everybody probably would have laughed at that when he first got here um, because he was in a class with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, and then Jalen Waddell comes along, and it seems like he's the number four. He's, he's Ringo Starr. You know, he's the fourth Beatle uh, the, 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 of the four. So, but now he's he's worked his way into where, man, he's he's just incredible. So I would try to take him away and see what happens. Um, the other thing is there could be one or maybe two Alabama linemen with some COVID issues, contact tracing issues that may not be in this game. And I would try my darndest to get as much pressure on Mac Jones as possible. That is not an easy task. Alabama's offensive line has been very good. They may win the Joe Moore Award. But um, Mac Jones is not very mobile. He's just not. I mean, he is not his forte. He's not good at it. But he doesn't need to be. Um, and I think I would try to get as much pressure as I can. And you may get toasted on this sometimes. But I would blitz and blitz often and just try and, and make him uncomfortable and then put Alabama in a position where they're unfamiliar like, hey, why aren't we scoring every time? I've always thought that about high-scoring teams. If you can stop them two or three times in a row, you will create self-doubt that they're not familiar with and they don't know what to do with. The Alabama is a team that that um, thrives on momentum, and once they get it, man, it's over. Uh, so I, I think that's the best advice I can give you. Unfortunately, uh, Alabama, for everybody else, Alabama's got a field goal kicker this year. And if you – that's the other thing. If the pressure could force Bama to punt, we don't have a punter. We have a punter, literally. We don't have a punter that any of us know about because we don't see him that often. Um, and he's not a he's not J.K. Scott, who was incredible. He is a uh, – he's just a dude. He's a regular dude that, could, that would be punting for a regular team. And so if you can force Alabama into those types of punting situations, you may be able to get some cheap scores and try to milk the clock. That's another thing I'd do. Yeah, because that was one thing that Arkansas has had success in, whether against Ole Miss or Mississippi State. You know, offenses, especially Ole Miss, that was really good. And it, they were able to cause turnovers, and that was really the only reason they won those yep. games. So, uh, yeah, the turnover battle is going to be important. But it was funny because you brought up the offensive line. I'm, Sam Pittman said this week, who we all know how the offensive line Sam Pittman is, and he's arguably the best offensive line coach in the country. He even said, he's like, there is not – I've never seen – a better offensive line than what Alabama has this year. He's like, they're just the most well-coached. They're they're big. They're physical. They're everything that you could possibly have. And uh, I guess luckily for Bama, but unfortunately for Arkansas, defensive front it has been solid, but it's not – their their forte has not been getting pressure. Right? It, it's been more dropping guys back and forcing the uh, quarterback to run around a little bit and, and uh, you know, try to really make coverage be the problem. But, uh, yeah, that's – that's problematic for Arkansas, honestly. But, you know, again, I think it's just going to come down to can Arkansas cause turnovers. I think that's the only way that they really have a chance in this. And I think most Frazierback fans are fine with it. I mean, 
Alabama's the number one team in the country for a reason. And I don't see them stopping anytime soon. So it's kind of just like, hey, go out there, play well, give it your best. And hopefully it's like not embarrassing. Cause I think, you know, we were talking about Alabama and Arkansas history. I can only think of three times in Nick Saban's tenure where Arkansas actually had a close game against Bama. 07, 14, and Oh, I guess okay. So I guess four would be technically then, because I forgot about the 07 year. I always forget the about first that when they year, Matt making that catch. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So so yeah, 07. I'd say 2010 because 2010, yeah, in Fayetteville, Bama won by four on Ryan Mallett's pick. Yep. And uh, and 2014, of course, was by one point. Even 2015 was only you know 13 points. So I guess I can consider that yeah. somewhat close. But yeah, so uh, nobody's had much luck against Bama, but. Arkansas for sure hasn't. So if they can keep it, I think the spread's like 32 at this point. If they yeah. can, uh, if they can, you know, just uh, cover the spread there, then I think pay, most people would see it as, hey, most most people probably didn't expect that. So we'll consider it a good good win in that regard. Moral victory. Highly, my stone cold SEC lock of the year for the week is Arkansas plus 32. Um, you're catching Alabama after they just played near flawless football for a while against LSU in a revenge game, and you're catching them the week before they play in the SEC title game. Um, it's a time when everybody's got to be cognizant of injuries and contact tracing and everything else. I, I think Alabama wins this game, you know, by 24, 28 points, but uh, I, I think that it, Arkansas covers that spread. And I, I guess one other thing to wrap up, I, I'm just curious. I, I think I find Arkansas to be like one of the more fascinating programs in this conference. I really do. And it seems weird to say because you're right, 21 game SEC losing streak, all that stuff. But I think we can all kind of throw that out the window because it was just, you know, your team was in flux. LSU may be about to face that. And um, it's, it, I don't know about 21 games in a row losing, but they're going to have some problems here pretty soon. Uh, who's your biggest rival in your opinion? <laughs> Arkansas doesn't have one, man. Like, I know, I know that's the problem. I know people. People in Arkansas sometimes feel like they have to have one because everybody else does. But no, Arkansas doesn't have one. I, I think that uh, they have a lot of mini rivalries, if you want to call it that. Like they have a strong, passionate hatred for LSU, just because for so many years that game was always the last game of the season and uh, was always, in, in a lot of cases, meant you know the winner wins the SEC West at times. So. Yeah. I think it was that like LSU. There's a lot of hatred for. I think Ole Miss. There's a lot of hatred for just because of the proximity and all that. And and honestly, Texas A&M. I've always felt like Texas A&M since of the history that they had with the Southwest Conference way back when. If you were going to have a rival, I felt like that would be the best one for Arkansas to have would be Arkansas and Texas A&M. So yeah, I, again, they don't have one, but. Those three teams, kind of, I guess you could consider them at least the teams that Arkansas wants to beat the most. But I don't think I'd classify them as a rival. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little shocked that you didn't mention Auburn, just because not only Gus Malzahn and his Auburn's in uh, his Arkansas ties, not only Chad Morris his Arkansas ties, uh, Kobe, uh, and, uh, gosh, his the the wide receiver coach Cody uh, Burns. Cody Burns, yeah. yeah. His his name escaped me for a minute. Cody Burns. Um, he's there, the Lee Zimba thing. You know, just on it the 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 play this year, on and on into the night, uh, I would have thought Auburn would be in there somewhere too. Um, but it's just interesting because I think that's something that you guys need to develop with somebody. And it it has been de facto AM, but since the AM Arkansas thing started, y'all hadn't beaten them, right? Yeah, that's right. They haven't won since twenty eleven. So yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm sorry. Again, I know I feel like I'm taking a screwdriver right into your ear. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. Well, okay. So give me a prediction for the game then, buddy. Uh, you know, Bama is obviously going to win this game, but I think Arkansas will, I think there'll be times where it's like they can get things going offensively on occasion, but I still think it's going to be Bama from beginning to end. I say Alabama wins four, I'm going to say 45 to 17 Bama. I I could, I could live with that. I take it. Let me just get out of here. I want to go face Florida and, uh, you know, deal with whatever happens after that. Cause I feel like as long as we get out of this game with a victory, uh, no matter what happens to the SEC title game, we're in the playoffs. And I think that's that's kind of crucial. You know, and speaking of going back to the way the attitude about this game uh, for, from Arkansas fans' perspective, see, a lot of teams didn't get much out of this COVID year. I understand that. I think Arkansas did because here's the deal. Y'all are going to go to a bowl game now. You would have had a losing record, but you're going to a bowl game now. That's extra practice for Sam Pittman. That's more time for people to buy in. That's more uh, eyeballs on a, on a TV screen for you to show recruits, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think this COVID year, the, this shortened year, and, and hey, no prerequisites to make a bowl game, I think it's helped Arkansas a ton. I think it has too. I think the only thing about it, though, that really upsets people still this day is the SEC gave them Florida and Georgia. Like, yeah. Are you kidding? Like, so that's because to me, like, I'm looking at Ole Miss playing South Carolina, you know, yeah. and Vanderbilt and stuff. So it's like, I, if Arkansas would have been given a more favorable draw in the SEC East games this year, uh, you know, if they would have gotten Kentucky or South Carolina or Vanderbilt, they would have won those games and, and things would have changed completely, you know, and, yeah. pe- and people would have, you know, had more wins to hang their hat on. But no, there's no doubt that this year, benefited Arkansas especially when you know getting that first win against Mississippi State early in the year that way it wasn't constantly like this holding on to the losing streak once they got that out of the way and they won that game in the second game of the year I think it just kind of lifted up everybody we're like okay we're actually we're actually worthy of being in this conference we're worthy of playing these teams and so yeah I think that it's benefited them I, I really do and now it's just a matter of building upon it you know going into yeah. next year arkansas got has texas coming into the into fayetteville next year in the non-conference and then they go on the road to georgia so oh, gonna have God. some tough games next year but still it's something to build on and i think that they've definitely benefited from it all right buddy thanks so much for being with us on locked on bama today and uh roll tide and woo pig there you go appreciate it man anytime <laughs>